In the following podcast, there will be discussions and mentions of suicide. We understand that this topic may be sensitive and evoke strong emotional reactions. We encourage you to exercise self-care and listen at your own discretion. If you feel uncomfortable or distressed, please consider pausing or skipping this particular episode. Your well-being is important to us. Join us. We have Carrie Conson of the Rhode Island chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And she's going to give us some, some information about the services and programs mm-hmm. that are out here in our neck of the woods. Some really good information. She's informative and um, has a lot of resources and programs, I right. guess, for us, for anyone to take advantage of. Yeah. Right. It's a sh- in, in such a short time as well. So um, yeah. it's good to know that, um, that these services are out there, especially with you know all the news and headlines that we see nowadays surrounding the, the topic. It's... It's uh, definitely one that I know that people will get a lot of information out of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So without further ado, today joining us on Totally Preventable, the podcast, we have Carrie Constant, the area director of the Rhode Island chapter of American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful today. How are you both doing? Doing pretty good. Good. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me today. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. During National... Suicide Awareness Month as well. Correct. This is good. September. Right. Just a few more days left, but suicide prevention and awareness, of course, as you know, is all year long. That's right. That's right. So, Carrie, we're going to start it off as we usually do. Can you tell us a a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am new to Rhode Island. I've lived here for about a year now. I actually came here because of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. The opportunity, it was the first time they um, had a position open for a full-time staff person, and um, they wanted someone to be a Rhode Island resident because we do advocacy at the State House. Mm-hmm. And I, because this is an important uh, topic for me, suicide prevention and mental health, it's um, something that has touched my family and um, me as well personally. So I thought this was a perfect opportunity to uh be able to move to a new state, be a Rhode Islander, um, and work for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. All right. Beware. Once a Rhode Islander, once we get our claws in you, it's hard to leave. I'm there. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't far. I was in Massachusetts. So I I just came over the line. (laughs) Just. I'm from Massachusetts as well, so I know what you mean. And you're going to be coming, <laughs> yes. coming in contact with this, so you'll be all set. I have now um, deemed Rhode Island the littlest state with the biggest personality mm. in many good ways. Good. Mm. Very caring and passionate about taking care of Rhode Islanders. Mm-hmm. Right. I see that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention? Absolutely. Um, Again, I'm going to abbreviate to AFSPRI uh, as we move forward. Uh, We are a volunteer health organization and we're working to save lives and bring hope to those who have been affected by suicide. We provide free education programs and awareness um, programs and resources. We advocate for smart mental health legislation and provide support to survivors of suicide loss in Rhode Island. Now, when people hear suicide prevention, I'm I'm not sure that they actually understand what that entails. Can you uh, give us a little little information about 
what the org what AFSP does for suicide prevention? Yes, absolutely. I kind of briefly had said when I introduced um, the organization, but we are really looking to reach the public and bring resources and education programs, advocacy through outreach in the community, connecting with community collaborations, really working to unite the community to break the stigma uh, around mental health and suicide prevention. And one of the um, first things we do to prevent suicide, uh, totally prevent suicide, um, and it's totally preventable, is uh, not to be afraid to talk about it. Often when someone might be worried about someone who seems to be struggling or saying things that um, a person might be concerned about, changes in behavior, just something doesn't seem right. Um, oftentimes people are worried about what to say. They're, um, they're afraid that it might make the situation worse or they're uncertain about how to respond if the response is that someone isn't okay. So talking about it is the first step towards suicide prevention and awareness. And even just a few kind words of concern and compassionate listening can make a big difference connecting someone to, to support and help. All right. Now you're saying, you know, people are afraid to, to engage at times and they should talk about it. Are there like, I don't know if signals is the word or, or key words that people should look out for, but are there, do you see trends? Do you see, for lack of better terms, key words or, or things that are happening that maybe triggers for people to start to engage or make, or start that conversation? Mm, yeah. So um, what I forgot to mention in the beginning, the organization nationally, we, we're in every 50 states, all 50 states. And uh, the AFSP started based on uh, a group of lost survivors who were looking to break that stigma and how to have the conversations and uh, really wanted to fund research. So we are one of the largest funders for suicide prevention research. And so what the research is telling us is that um, looking for certain things that people say, uh, it might be something like, I, I really um, think it, it'd be better off if I wasn't here. Um, or, uh, you know, and sometimes we might not take that seriously and we want to make sure we're taking that seriously. Or I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Uh, you know, just trying, you know, not being able to bring that up. Mood changes is another thing. So things people say, um, changes in their mood, uh, could they could become more irritable or withdrawn or um, agitated than, than you would normally see them be, or behaviors um, as well. So um, the other thing I wanted to just mention too, and probably should have said this in the beginning for listeners, is this is, you know, talking about suicide, I know we're bringing forward the prevention, it is a very sensitive topic. And I, I want people to know that if at this point in time, if it's something that they um, are looking for support for someone or for themselves at any point in time during our conversation, that um, to reach out for help through 988. And 988 is the national uh, crisis line. And they're there for people who are struggling or those who are supporting those. So um, really should have premised that in, in the beginning as we get further into this conversation. Um, but again, it's the talk, the moods, and the behaviors. 
Um, and, it, and it doesn't take a lot to learn those. That's one of the things that uh, AFSPRI, um, well, across the nation, but AFSPRI is focused on in that um, public health education is providing a program that we call Talk Saves Lives. It's a free program. We offer two virtual ones monthly uh, through AFSP. Uh, I do a lunch and learn and a, an evening one, but we can also come out to community uh, organizations, to schools, to the workforce. And it's a, a, do a 45 to 60 minute presentation that is uh, resonates with everyone. So it's not an intense training, but it, it helps people understand the scope of the problem. Um, it gives us the looking at, I kind of briefly talked, but going a little bit more into the risk factors and warning signs that you would see. What are effective prevention um, things you can do, what you can say, and what everyone can do to make a difference. So Talk Saves Lives is really um, a way to get started with opening up those conversations, feeling comfortable and uh knowing what to do if you're concerned about someone. Excellent. I know um, I had not taken that um, class, but a, a similar one and um, had a, a loved one in crisis. And I'm not going to say I felt comfortable asking the question, but I felt maybe empowered or safer asking the question, are, are you considering hurting yourself or killing yourself? And um, thankfully, they said no. But that also helped um, us as a family assess the situation better. Like, which which direction did we need to go with this family member? You know, how how to proceed instead of just um, worrying that that was going to be what was going to happen or that was a possibility. Um, we knew we needed to, you know, focus more over here. But um, I, I think that would um, be a great program. We'll have to get something going between Newport County and Talks Saves Lives. I think um, everyone needs to have that knowledge. That's right. Yeah, and and again, there's, uh, and I encourage um, anytime you have an opportunity to learn um, and practice how to address mental health and um, suicide prevention, uh, there's, we also offer uh, mental health first aid. We have what's called, um, uh, assist. So that's for someone who might be in the field, learning the skills to how to assist and actually get someone to, to help. There's Safe Talk, which is like a half-day program. But what's nice about Talk Saves Lives, again, is public literacy. It's it's just really can be delivered to anyone. Um, and the module uh, is adaptable across um, all ages and also different environments. So we have Talk Saves Lives for the LGBTQ community. We have Talk Saves Lives for the Black community. We have Talk Saves Lives for the Latinx community and Hispanic community. We have it for the aging population, for seniors. Uh, we're developing one for veterans. Uh, we have one for firearm safety. So we can, we have the general one, but we can then go a little bit more into depth where research has shown us that some of the stressors uh, that uh, converge, because again, there is never one reason why someone might be thinking of um, taking their life by suicide. It's many converging factors. Uh, so it's it's not just one. It can be up to seven to nine things happening, environmentally stressors in their lives, how they manage 
problems, um, resiliency. So again, in Talk Saves Lives, we look at those and then we look at that by what are some of the significant stressors or different um, different different approaches within um, different populations as well. Very important because not everyone has the same, you know, the same issues, same stressors, as you mentioned. So I think it's great that you you have these different, you, you have the, the core program, but you have these different elements of the program to identify with the communities. It shows that, you know, you're really in the community listening to what, what the community is telling you. That's a, that's a great, great aspect. Yeah. Not about us without us, right, that's right. Greg? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, that's, I try to fit that in at, on every podcast. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, it just comes up all the time because um, we have some great community partners that really listen to our communities, so, which is important. Yeah, and, and I think that is a big key when we talk about Talk Saves Lives. Um, I would say in this work that I've had in the past year, um, my focus had been, because we offer other things besides Talk Saves Lives. We have more than SAD for um, educators and for parents in the school system. Uh, we have It's Real uh, addressing mental health for middle school and high school students. Uh, there, And again, I had mentioned some of the other ones like um, First Aid Mental Health and um, Assist. Um, I've really spent this last year getting to know Rhode Island, uh, what's happening for suicide prevention, what community organizations, what approaches they're using, uh, getting out there uh, at all of the different events, the Rally for Recovery, uh, health fairs, wellness fairs, uh, harvest festivals. We are a volunteer organization, so we're really building our volunteer base. Again, I'm, I'm the only staff person, the first staff person Rhode Island's had. But um, anywhere we can be out in the community to make those connections and then be supportive. So not just saying, here's what AFSP can do, but what as you know, Newport County uh, Prevention Coalition, or uh, we're working with the Rhode Island Department of Health in the suicide prevention, and especially working with the Governor's Challenge to support veteran suicide prevention. Uh, and where do we, where can we be of help and where can we help in outreach and then be supportive and collaborative uh, with other organizations as well? So Holly, it's, it is key. I think that's a key to making things totally preventable, right? Is the community collaborations uh, and working together to unite the community um, at all levels. I think we found our new coalition member. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on the list. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I love, I, I will rarely turn down, unless I'm doing something else, an opportunity to, to collaborate. It's just, it's, it's been, you know, a, a scope of learning. And in just the one short year, we've, AFSP, uh, along with the volunteers, we've created about 50 partnerships uh, that we didn't have before. And, and again, that's the key. To even Rhode Island Adoption, we went, we worked with Rhode Island Adoption, and we did the um, Talk Saves Lives workforce for the for the workplace uh, because it's especially when you're in a um, service industry and you're you're serving the community and you're serving others to pause for a moment and remember to take care of ourselves and to take care of each other. So to be able to come into a workplace, uh, regardless if it's community focused or it's a corporation 
you know, how are you addressing mental health and how are you addressing suicide prevention in, in the workplace? And, and how to, we offer toolkits as well. So if, if there is a loss experienced, how do you address that postvention support? That, that brings up a great point and it kind of leads me to, to a new question that I wasn't thinking, but now I am thinking. Um, often I hear, especially in school systems, it's once something occurs, then there's a reaction to it. And, you know, they'll send the message out. Oh, we'll have, you know, someone here for youth to talk to. But it seems like it's something that's only done once something there. It's like it's it's always reactive. It's mm -hmm. it's never um never ready or never um beforehand. How can you give any um advice to maybe school administration? or office administration, uh, how to introduce having a program like this already in the ready. So if an occurrence ever happens, they're, they're prepared. Yeah. So prior to my time, um, well, again, one of the things that we do is advocacy work. So one of the things we think is extremely important is the 988, and we work on advocacy for the 988 and create that to be sustainably funded in the state. Uh, but another segment of legislation that we worked on was suicide prevention in the schools, the, the Nathan Bruno Jason Flat Act, which um, in, requires schools to have a prevention intervention program and postvention to, to have a plan. Uh, so we do see that. And, and again, like I had stated, I really um, sat back to watch what was happening. And uh, there, all administrators in schools are at different levels. Um, the Rhode Island, the Rhode Island uh, student assistant, uh, they do so much. There are 19 school districts. They provide suicide prevention training for all of the faculty. Um, and again, it's not just teachers, educators, it's the, uh, everyone needs to know it's because especially when we're talking about youth, um, it is, it's the, it's the, from ages 10 to 24, it's the second leading cause of death, mm. uh, nationwide and also in Rhode Island. So when you're, um, looking at the scope of, of, of who can, you know, make a change and who, who can notice those signs. In youth, it's them being able to say something to a trusted adult. And you never know who that trusted adult could be. It could be the janitor. It could be a coach. It could be someone who's serving lunch. Uh, it could be the woman at the front desk. It could be the bus driver. Mm -hmm. uh, you never know if somebody, you know, everyone should be educated in just recognizing the signs and being able to say to someone, are you okay? Um, and then know, like, by the reactions, like, who else do you tell? So, again, having that plan on... Um, what's the support system within the education, anything, workplace, in schools, uh, in community centers, in places of faith, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and worship. The, again, again, there's um, one of the factors of suicide prevention is connection and community. And, and that moment, um, because anyone who is having, uh, you know, the research shows if someone is having suicidal ideations uh there's part of them it's 
they're ambivalent. Uh, part of them, you know, wants to leave and part of them really wants to live. So it's some, it's the simple words of asking and, and knowing that someone cares and a connection to um, community, regardless if it's in a school or anywhere in the community, um, making that connection can just give that person a pause in time, having time um, in between those thoughts is um, critical in getting someone help. Connection's a big um, part of recovery as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'd urge anyone who um, has someone that's reaching out to them, if they don't know what to do to find out what to do or find out who that person should go to, no matter, no matter what they're asking you, that's so important to have a connection. And again, 988 is there. Um, if you're worried about someone who's in crisis, don't hesitate to call them. They will talk you through and get you resources. We're very fortunate in Rhode Island that the 988 call center is connected to BH Link, which is um, you know, kind of like a triage. Think of um, you know, like an urgent care for physical health. BH Link is there as a as a support uh, for mental health as well. Um, so they're, you know, they're in the same building. We were fortunate enough to, we, we partner with them to learn more about that. And we've, we've done a tour um, to get to see the center and uh, and to see BH Link. But just knowing that, even to ask a question, um, to your point, Polly, it's it's a not hesitating. Uh, think that you're the only one who is going to ask the question or who's going to reach out. And if you haven't taken a talk saves lives or a mental health first aid, um, still feel empowered to ask the question, or if you're still uncertain, call 988 and they will talk you through it, what to say, what to do, um, what supports out there. There's not too much you can do, um, but there's too little you could do, you know, always. Well put. Yeah. That's, that's my motto. <laughs> yeah. uh, always get involved. <laughs> Drop the gym on us real quick. What support is available for people who have lost someone to suicide? Yeah, so we also do um, support for lost survivors, those who have um, experienced a, a suicide loss. That could be a family member, a friend, a coworker. Um, I just want to preface that at what AFSP is not, we are we don't offer crisis counseling or, or grief counseling. Uh, we offer peer-to-peer -peer support for those who have experienced loss. So we have um, programming that's called, we have a lot of resources on our website on afsp.org where you can, it, it, it'll say like, I've experienced a loss or I'm struggling or I'm supporting someone who's struggling and it can, uh, it'll guide you towards different resources. But for those who have experienced a loss, there are two main areas of support are um, healing conversations and we have, we're, we're, it's growing. We have three volunteers here in Rhode Island now who are long-term loss survivors who have gone through a training and can offer one-time conversation peer support. So if someone's experienced uh, a recent loss, uh, they can have a conversation with one of our Healing Conversation volunteers just to give um, hope and talk about a, a path to healing uh, that and what they have, what they've experienced, just to give that hope in that one conversation. Uh, we also, every year on November, uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving in November, 
This year, it's November 18th. We have an International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. Last year, we had one. This year, we're actually having two. And again, this is this is definitely, you know, a community effort because it's volunteers that have experienced loss and uh, that are coordinating this to support other peers. And it's a day of bringing those who have experienced loss together for connection and again, healing and, and community. And we have uh, licensed counselors there at those events as, as well, if someone needs support, uh, but also conversation uh, to talk about their loss uh, with each other and how they're healing. And, and again, creating that support, support network, that sense of support in the community. Uh, there are um, there is a peer-to-peer -peer group that meets at Butler. AFSP doesn't organize them or we don't endorse them. We don't oversee them. We do support them. But we also, if anybody if, was interested in starting additional support groups in Rhode Island, we do have training. Again, it's we once we do the training, we're we don't endorse, we don't we don't support it, but we are there uh, to, to help guide um, in the beginning. But that's a peer to peer group that meets on a on a regular basis. Uh, we uh, we have resources. Some people will say, "Well, can you guide me?" And I'm looking for grief counseling, or I'm looking for a mental health care provider. We don't provide those services, but through the community connections, we can kind of guide people in different directions. And then also on the AFSP.org website, there's a, a website to find uh, clinicians and support in that manner. Um, oh, and our walks. Well, I was just going to say, do you have <laughs> coming up? <laughs> that is another way, uh, a part of that community connection and one of the biggest, and I'm, I'm still my heart. Um, I'm so heartened by this past Saturday, we had our Rhode Island, um, Northern Rhode Island out of the darkness walk, uh, really bringing that addressing that stigma and coming out of the dark are out of the darkness oh greg my massachusetts accent almost came in there and lost all right, <laughs> all greg right. Would have understood. <laughs> i might not uh, <laughs> <laughs> our out of the darkness um walk in providence at roger williams we had there had to have been we had close to 600 people registered with the rain uh kind of scanning the crowd there had to be over 300 people there um, if you go to our Facebook, you can see some great photos and, and pictures, but the Out of the Darkness Walk is one way for us to raise funds uh, because, again, what we do is uh, we are a an independent organization and that funding that comes through from the community helps us provide the free resources and um, and programs as well. And then, but it bringing everyone together for connection and honoring those who have lost those who are struggling and just the into bringing the community together to support uh, stronger and smarter mental health in Rhode Island. I tell you those walks um, last year, uh, it was my first time participating in the walk and it came at a time where I had no idea where to go and what to do dealing with uh, a, a, um, situation I'll say and it was once I once I got there it really resonated that that's where I was supposed to be but it came at a time where I mean 
I was clouded. I had no idea. Yeah. But I didn't know what to do and and out of the darkness walk really helped. So I really definitely encourage anyone who's thinking about it, look up your your nearest out of the darkness um walk resi- um registration <laughs> and, and register for to be a part of it because it is a great thing. Well, Greg, thanks for sharing that. Um we have one coming up in Newport at Salve Regina on um October 14th on Saturday, October 14th. So you can register. There's no registration fee. Uh, you know, we we encourage people to fundraise, but uh, you, you know, out of those that came last time, not everyone fundraises, and it's fine. But it's it's a it's a place um, to let everyone know they're not alone. If you've experienced, you know, we do we do an honor bead ceremony, and I the to hear people's stories. Uh, you know, we ask people to give us, we ask representatives from different loss, if they've lost a parent or um, a, a, a partner or a relative or a friend, uh, if someone's struggling, uh, we honor the LGBTQ community and we ask them to share a little story and we read those stories. And we have so many people come after, up after to say, that sounds like my story. Um, it creates that sense of, of, of connection again, and support for one, for one another. That's great. We have a NCPC team, so we will be there. Um, if anyone wants to join our team, they can, so they don't have to, um, but if they, if they feel like they need some connection or someone to hang with, we'll be there. You can reach out. Um, We're not the fastest walkers though. No, uh, we do a lot of gabbing. <laughs> we talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's and hard. that's great. And and that's that's actually one of the reasons we don't do a closing ceremony because we don't want everyone to feel like, oh goodness, we've got to get back, right? Because there's going to be closing remarks or people who are the fast walkers and get through, right? They're they're waiting for everyone to get back. So we just have that casual end where um we gather as a community, we gather after and be there, but we don't do a formal uh formal closing. But thanks for opening up your uh your team, the Newport County uh, Prevention Coalition team to others. Uh, and that's a good point too, Polly, because uh, you don't have to walk alone. You can w- register as an individual person. You can join other teams. We also have a chapter team and then we have a pride team um, as well. So people are welcome to start their own team, invite their families and friends to walk with them or you know, join the 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 coalition's um, team or or join one of the chapter teams as well. For anyone looking to register or for any organization looking for any of the programs and services that you provide or any of our listeners looking for programs and services, what is the best way to contact you or to get this information into their hands? Yes. So um, the best way is to visit our website. It's www dot afsp.org slash Rhode Island. That brings you to the chapter site and you can see programs that are coming up. My email contact is there. It's k-c-o-n-s-t-a-n-t at afsp.org. I um, always welcome conversations. I actually, and, and meetings, so if people want to meet and learn more and how you can bring things to your organization, um, I have a booking calendar that you just go in and find a time and I'll meet with you on Zoom or meet with you for coffee to have more conversations on how we can support you. 
And then if you're interested in coming to the walk on October 14th in Newport, you can go to www.afsp.org slash Southern RI, and you, that'll take you right to the walk page. Thank you so much. I didn't um, know Rhode Island was big enough for Northern and Southern. <laughs> Watch it. Watch it. Massachusetts. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, people like to stay in their, their prospective areas. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure if there's, you know, people who wish we had more walks. In different yeah, areas. I was going to say, I'm surprised it's not an Aquidneck Island mm. um, chapter because people take this island very seriously. Now that carry Yes. Up. Coalition should have decided that one. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And to say that the um the international um survivor of suicide lost days, uh, we did have someone say we need something on Aquitic Island. So we do have one scheduled in Middletown. Oh. Uh, so see, that's going to be up on the registration for Survivors Day. Will be um will be open for the Middletown one probably end of this week, which would be like tomorrow or um early next week. We're just um solidifying the location uh go you know all the logistics with the location but in um the we have another one in warwick i'm still learning like because i was also to told that the walk southern rhode island to have it in newport is actually not southern i'm like it, but it is part of <laughs> <laughs> oh and interestingly it is a um it is not on the college like you have Right, you have college walks or university walks, and then yeah. regional walks or whatever. And this is on the regional walk, not the college walk, because that has four yeah. at Salve. I always go look under the university walk, and then I'm like, oh no, no. Yes, so um, Salve is one of our community partners. Uh, they're really great at outreach within the Newport area. And so they opened up their campus to be a community walk. But yes, we also do campus walks um, in the spring. Um, we, if anyone's interested, the other way that we bring awareness um, and again, raise much needed funds so that we can continue to provide resources and the, the free programming. And again, resources, I'm dropping resources there you can request resources and I'm dropping off little lifesaver guides and um, postcards on how to start the conversation. You know, when anybody's asking to, um, to have these types of resources. So that funding support allows us to continue that community outreach and provide all those resources for free. And in the spring, we do spring events. Last year, we had a pause for prevention. We plan on doing that again and focusing on um, in May on Mental Health Month. Uh, we're looking to do, and there's some interest to do a ride to fight suicide, to have a motorcycle ride. Um, and then there's also hikes for hope. And I'm hoping to get one of those going too. Um, to do a hike for hope uh, in the spring. So keeping those connections going, again, it's Suicide Prevention Month, Awareness Month, but we are here to support the community and kind of grow the community of support for mental health and suicide prevention all, all year long. Right. Excellent. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot. I and did. I, I felt so. like I learned a lot from Carrie last week when we spoke to her. Right. So, geesh. Right. <laughs> well, Carrie, this oh, is- you know what? Nope. I forgot the um the other date we started and then we ended up probably in a conversation <laughs> with the campus walks. The other um international um international 
Survivor of Suicide Lost Day, sometimes that's a long one to say as well, is in work at Friends Way. If you're familiar with Friends Way, uh, again, one of our wonderful collaborative partnerships, um, they're opening their doors for us that day to do our um, Survivor Day in in work. So we'll have one in work and one in Middletown right now. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you, Carrie, for all of this great information um, and, and just letting us know all the different programs, services, mm-hmm. and the wonderful work that you're doing. For a year, you've done a lot. <laughs> so we we look forward to partnerships and collaborations and, and seeing you out and about in that community. Thank you. My pleasure. I really, I, I definitely am a Rhode Islander now and part <laughs> of, you know, building, I, I just love the work of building capacity and being supportive of Rhode, Rhode Islanders in you know, the mental health and suicide prevention area. And, and thank you for being a partner and inviting me on today. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie.